0: Happy Sunday, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in to Talk Jive Radio. I'm Kelly Lewis, and I'm here with Steve Hager, and this is another episode of Ask a Lawyer. Now, we're going to carry over some of our conversation that we had last week because uh, the Indian Child Welfare Act has so many different components and moving parts to it, and um, we barely got to talk about... um, the, the adoption issues and things like that. So I want to jump right into that today. And I want to know about how the um, decision, the Brackeen decision uh, for the Indian Child Welfare Act, how does that affect grandparent rights? Well, it's, um, it's not
1: going to affect them too much. Uh, unless they're what's called Indian custodians. And one of the things about uh, the Indian Child Welfare Act that it does that was really forward-thinking is that it looked at uh, how children in in tribes were being raised. And one of the things that we saw a lot of were grandparents raising their kids— So sometimes you have cases where the parties in an Indian Child Welfare Act case might not be the biological parents. They might be who are called the Indian custodians, and that's usually grandparents. Uh, you know, there may be a neglect case brought against them. There may be a deprived action. And, you know, a deprived action can be something as minor as, well, not minor, but it can be something along the lines of, well, they don't have, uh, you know, it's, it's a poverty issue. They, they don't have uh, running water. They don't have electricity right then. And so they will remove the children from that situation. Um, and those can be, that can be to just the grandparents' rights. Well, the thing about it is that under the Indian Child Welfare Act, you can't just ignore those grandparents. They, they have the right to uh, be given an opportunity to correct the problem. They have a right for active efforts. They have a right to have their case uh, protected under the law. Um, which is not something that happens outside of Indian country, unfortunately. You know, a grandparent who's raising kids and who's unable to afford it, um, if they're non-Indian, they just may lose out on the child.
0: Now, that brings an interesting point. So what if the grandparents are trying to adopt this child after, you know, their, their own child or their... Child, sure. significant other, you know what I mean, what, whatever yeah. happens. How, mm-hmm. Have you seen cases like that where uh, grandparents have tried to become the adoptive parents only to have the biological um, parent come back and fight them?
1: Oh, yes, yes, that, that happens sometimes. Um, the, the thing to remember about, uh, about adoption is that sometimes there are, well, there are uh, a lot of moving parts to it. And the first thing that happens in adoption is either the the parents, the biological parents, will consent to it, or the uh, party seeking adoption will have to do what's called an adoption without consent. And uh, an adoption without consent means that the parents don't have to consent to the adoption, uh, simply enough. But, um, you know, that's normally related to... Uh, financial burdens, you know, they haven't paid any money or haven't provided any support for the child. Uh, that may be. Well, it's been a couple of years and we haven't seen the father anywhere, you know, or something like that. So you you do that really under very uh, normal circumstances. Uh, you would do an a if the parents refuse to uh, refuse to consent, or or if the parents are just nowhere to be found. Um, and of course, the thing to remember too is that if you're uh, if you're the grandparents and you're raising uh, you're raising a child, um, you probably want to do this adoption in tribal court. And the reason why you'd want to do it in tribal court is because the Indian Child Welfare Act has a lot of protections for the parents, even if. Uh, the grandparents are the ones raising the case. That's, that's called, um, you know, the, the party. Um, you know, the party in this situation may be a private party. It may be the grandparents, not the state. But still you have to give the protections of the Indian Child Welfare Act, which are, are very specific notice requirements. There's a provision uh, that says you have to provide active efforts to the parents. Now, I, I've always believed that active efforts under ICWA kind of depends on how, uh, you know, on, on who the party is and, and how they're proceeding. Um, you know, uh, for a guardianship, for example, you know, active efforts may be the grandparent saying, you know, you've, you've got to go to rehab. You've got to get your, your drug addiction taken care of. I'll take you or something along those lines. With, uh, you know, with an adoption, I think it goes to, well, you've got to do all that, but you've maybe got to show something else. You've got to show that you've tried to get the kids, uh, their your kid, in, uh, in treatment. You've tried to make them uh, kind of be a better parent or something like that. Well, the thing about the Indian Child Welfare Act is that it only applies to state courts. So in tribal courts... Uh, The tribal court will have its own code, its own laws for adoption, and usually those laws uh, do not include these types of protections. So it's usually easier for a tribal grandparent to adopt a child in state court, or in, I'm sorry, in tribal court than it is in state court.
0: Now, does that involve some sort of termination of parental rights?
1: Well, If the parent is consenting to the adoption,
0: I'm I'm not talking about just, you know, I'm not talking, I'm talking about just uh, the the dire situation that we were talking about, like the without consent. And then does that involve like the parent just either being completely absent or worse, something like worst cases abusive, Uh um, or or just you know, in, disengaged, in, I guess?
1: Yeah. In any adoption, there's going to be, a, eventually there's going to be a termination of parental rights. That usually comes at the final adoption hearing. Um, you're, so you're going to have a, a point where the order says that, uh, you know, these, uh, the, the adoptive parents are going to be the parents, and that means that the rights of the biological parents are no longer there. So yeah, there there's eventually a termination, but weirdly enough, it's not at the point uh, with that first hearing I talked about and the that's, AWOC yeah, hearing. That's what no. I
0: was kind of wondering yeah. is if you know how 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 does that turn term- And 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 if a a parent's rights are terminated at what point are they ter- are they ever terminated before the child is placed in foster care or with another family do you see what i'm mm-hmm. saying like yes, is, yes. is it just like okay well we had to the state or um you know one of the tribes had to remove a child from a home and you know, they just, the, the tribe, you know, it was just like horribly abusive or something like that. And then it goes through tribal court and the tribal court decides this parent can't have this kid. Sure. Sure. Do they terminate the rights then? Or does that have to, do they have to go through the system and be placed in different things like that before the parental rights are terminated? Well,
1: there's, there's actually a couple of different things there in that, in that uh, question. Um, the first, the first statement is something called heinous and shocking, and if you have a situation where a, a child has been put into, a, you know, a bad situation with sexual abuse mm. or or physical abuse, you know, um, uh, in that case, the courts call that heinous and shocking. And so you don't have to give them the protections, the active efforts or anything. It's it's something so far out of reach that you know you can never, ever address it. Uh, there's a case in Oklahoma where the, the court found uh, heinous and shocking sufficient to uh, waive the protections of the Indian Child Welfare Act because you had a mother who was given back her children and then... Uh, she allowed the person who had sexually abused them to move back in with her, and the court said, well, we're, we're not going to offer her protections again because she's already shown that she won't uh, protect the children. Um, so they, they, in that case, uh, ruled against and Shock, or ruled against the Indian Child Welfare Act being applicated. They cre- uh, they created what was called a judicial exception for it, uh, and that's been chosen uh, by several states as a process. And tribal courts also have that too. There's there's a point where you can say. we we can't offer protections or we we can't protect the child if we return them to these parents. And um, sometimes that happens after they've been given a service plan and after they've been given a chance to do it, uh, you know, to work the plan and to try to to be solid with it. But every once in a while, you have a case where it's just so uh, significant. You know, for example, uh, you know, the murder of a sibling uh you have a a parent who has uh who has uh killed another child um there's there's no service plan you can give that person to make sure that they're going to protect their other children you know so you have situations like that
0: now (laughs) that's that's pretty extreme even though even though i i know that happens Mm -hmm. um so let's 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 uh switch a little bit and let's talk about juveniles in in that in that arena and how how does the tribe if if one of their um one of their ch- the children that they are tasked to uh to take care of um what if they commit some kind of murder or something else like that i mean how does how does the you know what i mean what mm-hmm. is how does yeah. that how is that taken? I mean, it's just they're just in the court system at that point, and with I mean, depending on where it is and who it was,
1: it can be um, that can be a very difficult situation, and a lot of times we'll we'll see that you know, um, a lot of the children who end up in in the tribal court systems and in the state court systems too, uh, you know, they have they have been injured, they have been uh, damaged, and and there may be things that. Uh, that people are just incapable of really uh, addressing or, or fixing. Um, and in that situation, you you really have to sort of, uh, in a situation where the juvenile has committed a crime, uh, you have to determine what you can do and, and how you can appropriately address it. And most of the time um, in that, you're, you're going to have Uh, maybe some sanctions Uh, hopefully you're going to have some counseling it depends a lot on the crime too you know
0: you bring an interesting point up there so how does the tribes what in in your opinion what is the best way for tribes to help with this trauma that these kids face throughout all of this, where where what are the best programs? What 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 can we as tribal members ask our tribes to do, to to lessen this this impact, this traumatic impact that these kids have? I mean, is there anything that we can do?
1: Well, I think that uh, you certainly want to make sure that you have counseling available, um, and when I say counseling, I don't mean you know oh there's somebody. Coming by once a month to check up on them. I mean, this is, the, and this of course is also a, a condition of expense, you know. But you need to have, you need to have therapists who can work with the children, who can uh, really get, uh, get them online. You need to have a uh, testing done, you know. I I think, um, and people forget this, but uh, President Reagan, one of the things he did was he created block grants for mental health. And the advantage of destroying, of a, well, the disadvantage of block grants is that it effectively destroyed a national system where we could actually work with people who had mental health issues. A lot of uh, a lot of that money just sort of was frittered away, or or changed, or you know, it really uh, was uh, was a disaster in in. Uh, in mental health circles and of course now uh, we don't even think about it because that was 30 years ago and we act like oh well you couldn't ever do something like that but we have that with with our kids and the thing about a child who has mental issues who has uh, you know who uh, might have a a genetic uh, condition who might have you know just a a mental illness is that it's it's not right to say, well, you know, gee, there's nothing we can do about that, and to just toss them aside, you know, um, and the tribes are uh, generally pretty good about not giving up. Uh, that is, you know, I mean, when you've when you've had a a uh, basically a, a long-term history of everybody trying to destroy you, and you're still there, that, that says something for your tenacity.
0: We're pretty resilient. <laughs> yes. we're, we're pretty resilient.
1: And that's, and that's something that I, I really like working in the tribal court systems, is that we don't like to, we don't like to quit on kids. We like to you know, try to get them through and, and keep working on them and uh, keep working with them. And that can be really, really expensive. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it's the thing about it is that uh, the. You know, whatever cost you put in this is is nothing compared to the cost you're going to put in in five years or six years or seven years, when you've got someone who's just uh, you know running rampa- uh running rampage through uh, through the tribe. You know, it's uh, it's a lot better to to get them while they're young and to try to, uh, try to make the situation as, as well as, as they can be. And, you know, I, I just, my, my thought is always how many kids have, have gone through the state systems and and just been sort of, uh, you know, sort of shuffled off to the side and, and who, uh, you know, who didn't get the treatment that they needed or anything. Well, how many of those kids now are... Are in jail or in prison, or dead, you know, or dead, uh, or you know, on the street, being homeless, you know. um, It's it's worth it to spend the money now, so you don't have to spend the money later.
0: Um, And you know, that's that's a very interesting point and and you know it's it's like it's like uh we we had talked about before you would think that just overall and I'm not just talking about tribes I'm just talking about overall that we would prioritize you know helping our kids through their trauma because that trauma I mean as an adult as an adult it continues to have an impact on you and so and I can't even imagine my childhood wasn't as traumatic as a lot of people's, but there was, there were still traumatic events and those still continue to, to, to affect the way that I do things. And so they're, they're, and you know, I'm from Anadarko mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there because it is so native centric mm-hmm. and because of this warrior mentality, mental health issues were just not even discussed not even acknowledged. And so now we're in this this new era of of having to ad- not only not only to address mental health but to even admit that those issues are there. And especially with older Indians, a lot of them still don't want to really accept that this is a thing, a diagnosable thing, and it's just we'll get over it. And you know, pick yourself up and dust yourself off and do what I did. And it's like, wait a minute, it doesn't have to be that way anymore.
1: That's, I mean, I, I, that's well said. Um, I, I just think that uh, it's, yeah, it, you know, when I grew up, when I was a kid, you know, we could, uh, we could ride our bikes all over town. You know, uh, we didn't have phones. We didn't, you know, we were basically just, we were just. Uh, wherever, you know, wherever we were is where we were, you know. And it was a very different world than it is now. And I think there's a lot of uh, possibly uh, an unhealthy uh, desire to return to that because, you know, time is, uh, time moves forward. And Uh, we have to address the situation that we have. And not not everybody understands or recognizes that it's a good idea to you know, do what we can for people. And that maybe the old, uh, you know, the old uh, saying when I was, you know, when I was a kid, if uh, you got hit with a baseball, uh, the reaction was, well, rub some dirt on it. I still don't know what rubbing dirt on it really did. But, you know, um, you know, now I think somebody might actually say, well, maybe we should make sure that your arm isn't fractured from the baseball, (laughs) you know, something like that, Uh, you know. And and we do have that situation where people tend to uh, say, well, you know, uh, he'll get over it. Uh, well, you know, he shouldn't get over it. He should be helped over it. You know, and that's that's something that I think a lot of uh, a, a lot of uh, people are are sort of weak on is is recognizing that there there should be help. There should be something. Uh, that benefits these kids beyond uh, just thinking, oh, well, you know. And, and the reality is uh, we're, we're coming into a situation where we're having a lot of secondary trauma uh, understanding now. And uh, it didn't have to be, you know, if, if a child grows up in a home where there's uh, domestic violence, they don't have to be uh, the ones being abused. To be the ones who are impacted by it. They, they don't have to be, you know, just the the person in the middle of it. Uh, and we don't really talk about that. We don't really address that a lot of times. But we need to. And that's Absolutely. something that, that kids really, uh, you know, I mean, I uh, when I'm guardian ad litem of a child, the first thing I ask is, well, are they seeing a therapist? Uh, I want to know what you know, what issues that the therapist is recognizing uh, that we might not recognize in a court system. And the courts, the tribal courts in Oklahoma are much, much better at that uh, than they were even uh, 15, 20 years ago. I mean, they're much better.
0: I think the, um, I think the acceptance of historical trauma and learning to understand that that's I think I think when 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 we talk to our native people about historical trauma, I think that's easier for them to accept mm-hmm. and understand that, okay, well, even though even though it didn't happen to me or what you know, kind of ignoring that they still, are affected by, by this and by the boarding school era and, and different things like that. So I think with the with the acceptance of of historical trauma, I think that's opened a lot of eyes, especially on the on the tribal side. And and within the programmatic side of the tribes, mm-hmm. I think by oh, yeah. learning, I think by learning more about historical trauma and that gives us a better sense of, of understanding what our native kids are going through. Because not only is this happening to them in the present moment in this, this, you know, unfortunate abuse or, or whatever that's going on, not only is that affecting them now, everything that's happened in the past is, is continuing to affect them for generations of how they're being raised and how or not being raised well or and, or and treated so and yeah. and you know it all it's all tied to that it's a it's it's such a,
1: a big issue and and a lot of times I think people just go well there's nothing we can do about this but but you know it it's and it is hard, but it's we've got to start somewhere. We we have to address these issues because we're not gonna. Uh, it's not gonna get better if we just act like they're they're not really there. I know.
0: think I think it's really important to start the conversation. I yes. think we we're not going to yes. get anywhere until we start that conversation because. As, Everybody and, and there's a lot of people or, through Indian country who just don't accept or or if they see something like this as well, that's not my business. I don't need to get involved in that. And and it really does take a village. It really does.
1: And you know that's that's kind of an interesting thing is that we don't. Um We don't really talk about it, and we don't really address it, but but we need to. We really need to start addressing this.
0: I think something else that we haven't addressed enough in Indian country is elder abuse. I think elder abuse is way more rampant than we even want to acknowledge. And I say that I say that sitting here, mm-hmm. wanting to turn a blind eye to it and think, well, that's not happening in my community. But oh, oh, I'm in. I'm from Anadarko. It's happening. It's happening here in Chickasha. It's mm-hmm. happening in every community. And with that, talk about something we don't talk about is you elder know, abuse. And that's
1: and that's something that happens in. In I mean, that's not just in the community. That's in the family. And we, we don't like to talk about that because it's it's ours. It's personal. But, yeah, it, it needs to be addressed. The absentee Shawnee uh, just uh, received a grant uh, from VAWA uh, to help address elder issues. And uh, Oklahoma Indian Legal Services is going to be working with them on, on some of those things. But it's just, you know, uh, you shouldn't if you're an elder, you shouldn't have to, uh, you shouldn't have to worry about how people are going to treat you. You know, there, there should be some respect in your family and there should be some respect in your community and to, uh, and of course pointing out that I'm close to being an elder, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, that's, that's really the way it should be. And, and, uh, that goes that goes back to the historical trauma, you know, that that there's there are things that used to be done that that aren't done anymore, you know, And I, I mean, I just can't imagine a situation where uh, where we would not want to respect our
0: elders. And and take care of our children. Yes, and that that comes all the way back to um, the Indian Child Welfare Act and the importance of it. Now, um, we talked a little bit in in the previous episode about the protections that 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 allows. Do you think at this point that there's going to be? Let's just touch on it real quick because we did talk about it in the last episode. Do you do you really think that this is safe now?
1: I. Um well, you know, just uh, going to depend. <laughs> it's going to de- it's going to depend on a lot of factors. I, uh, I think I think in the last episode I said that uh, um, the decision came out on Friday and that the Indian Child Welfare Act was safer on Friday than it was on Thursday, and I really do think that that's that's true. I I just don't see this opinion that the Brackeen case was so just, you know. Matter of fact, it was. It was like, of course, this is constitutional. Of course, this is a valid use of congressional power. Of course, you, uh, you know, you have the right to establish uh, federal regulations on this issue. It's it's so matter of fact that, barring something just out of left field, I I cannot see a successful attack of this magnitude again. Uh, it's this was this might have been the end
0: of of icwa's challenging of, of the challenges of icwa that's that's really great because you know here in any country we we need to have all the controls in place to be able to protect our young people and and just you know, verbiage matters. The The wording of this matters. We know how important that is. And a lot of times I feel like when when things work against tribes, it's one or two little words in there. Exactly. that You know what exactly. I mean? That that turn the tide, and it's like, ooh, if that word just wasn't in there.
1: You know, uh, my fear in Brackeen was going to be that they would say, well, the law's constitutional, but... And, you know, it was, it was always going to be the, the weasel words after but, yes. uh, you know, the things that, that went against it. And that, that just didn't happen. I mean, I've, I've read through this opinion now about four times just looking, you know, because... Looking for that I'm, word? <laughs> I'm looking for what it is. One of the things that I find really interesting about this case is that the last time the Supreme Court addressed the Indian Child Welfare Act was in adoptive couple versus baby girl. This case... Doesn't talk about adoptive couple. It doesn't even address it, but it does address the previous Supreme Court case, which was Mississippi Band of Choctaw Indians versus Hollifield. It talks about Hollifield favorably, and it doesn't mention adoptive couple, which you know may not be important, may be just a you know an issue of of how it was argued, but um, there's there's no. I mean, they're they're acting like there's no question about the Indian Child Welfare Act now, and that's the way the courts should be addressing it. The law is 42 years old. You shouldn't have people challenging its constitutionality in, after 42 years.
0: I agree, know. and there are a lot of laws that we should just forget challenging because they're 40-plus years old. Well, I mean, I'm all for (laughs) that. But but there are some that we need to change too.
1: Yeah. Well, we can change the law, and you can always change the law. And there are certainly things within the Indian Child Welfare Act that could be updated and could be changed. You know, one of the interesting things about uh, notice provisions in uh, 25 U.S.C. 1912a is that it requires, you know, registered mail, all this. It, It doesn't even consider the fact that for instance right now uh, you know in federal court all uh, all pleadings and everything else they're they're all sent in by uh, you know electronically nobody yes. nobody takes papers down anymore and hands them out Yet. which you know, however that goes.
0: <laughs> yep. Thanks so much for tuning in. That's going to do it for us and this episode of Ask a Lawyer. Be sure to tag us on our social media pages with all of your questions with the hashtag Ask a Lawyer. And we'll be sure to pass those on to Steve and the fine folks at Oklahoma Indian Legal Services. I'm Kelly J. Lewis for Steve Hager. Be sure to catch us back here next week on Ask a Lawyer. Thanks everyone. Have a great day.